Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you. Hello there. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Genius. I'm your host, Alex Baer, CEO and founder of Genius Juice, that delicious organic coconut smoothie. You can find in a lot of stores. Anyway, I'm not going to promote myself here. That's not what the show is about. It's about bringing on amazing entrepreneurs, um, people that run companies in the food and beverage space, investors, advisors, consultants, operations people. You have it. We bring on everyone. We run the gamut for CPG on this show. So thank you for joining us. We have a, a great guest. Uh, great. I'm using the word great here uh, for a reason. You'll find out why in just a sec. But before rolling into our guest, wanted to give a big plug. To the man, which which hand here? Is it this way? Is it this way? This way. Mark N. Mark Nicholas. Mark N. at ManhattanBeachStudios.net. He does editing. He does photos. He does videos. He did our recent Costco box that launched in a bunch of stores in Los Angeles. So he knows what he's doing. He is great at photography. So that is, and it says recovery report back there. I'm sure they're going to fix that. Uh, maybe that's, I can be a host of that show too. Okay, well, we're going to keep going here because uh, we're already too we're already too too deep in here. So, introducing my guest, <laughs> I got Mark, you know, talking to me on on my headset. He'll while he's fixing that, let me introduce my guest, Erica Lou Williams. She's the founder of Great Nola, right? She uh, uh, she was uh, an Olympic trial swimmer. Granola, great Nola, is delicious, low-sugar granola made with a unique, functional superfoods. Great Nola was born in Erica's kitchen during a cleanse, tested and proven at the farmer's market, and voted into the pantries of Silicon Valley's biggest tech companies like Google, Twitter, and more. Our mission is to create superfood snacks that are as delicious as they are great, GR in the number eight, for you so you can eat, feel, and be your best. Erica, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Talk to us about your product. Sure. So I'm Erica Lou Williams, founder of Great Nola, which is delicious, low sugar superfood granola. So I have some pretty um, unique flavors such as a matcha, turmeric, and even a black granola infused with activated charcoal. And then along with that, I have some pretty approachable uh, flavors like my cacao, original, and cinnamon chai. So all of my flavors are soy, dairy, and refined sugar-free with five grams of sugar per serving. Most, most of all, it's absolutely delicious and hope you get to try it. Um, so I would say that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. My background after graduating Stanford in 2008, where I swam, um, was in the tech industry. So I'm born and raised in the Bay Area after I graduated college, I started working in Silicon Valley, and maybe four or five years into my tech career, I started to get the itch to start my own business. And I never really thought of starting a food business. I let alone never saw myself being an entrepreneur when I was younger or when I was earlier in my professional career. And I started to see other people, um, just both who graduated from college from me or people that I work with start their own businesses. And I started to question my path a little bit differently rather than thinking of my career as linear jumping from job to job, climbing the corporate ladder, I thought, hey, what can I build or create that would create value for others as well as provide freedom and flexibility for myself? So the granola itself was something that I didn't connect the dots to immediately. This was something that was already just in my household. I was making it at home when we couldn't, my husband and I couldn't find 
clean, tasty granolas um, at the store because a lot of them are loaded with junk ingredients, sugar, inflammatory oils, you name it. And I decided to make this granola and it was a staple in our household for about a year. And I put the two and two together and decided to launch this as my business. And it started very, very small out of my home kitchen at the local farmer's market on the side of my tech job. And then I quickly got it into some of the biggest Bay Area tech companies like Google was actually one of my very first customers. So I went from hand baking granola every week for my farmer's market customers to suddenly Google wanted to order by the pallet. And I had no idea what I was doing because I was a baby entrepreneur. And even though now I am seven years into this journey, I still feel like I'm learning every single day and I'm at the beginning. And much of that is attributed to the fact that I took about four and a half years to actually go full-time in the business. So I would say that I am not the person that dreams this huge vision, huge vision and thinks that, you know, I'm going to climb to the top of the mountain. I start really, really small. And then if I start to get traction, then I start to look a little bit wider and broader. And eventually I, it pivoted myself out of the tech career, um, to full-time food entrepreneurship. Yeah. Wow. That's a great story. And what's really interesting is you focused on like tech and food service where most entrepreneurs focus on, the retailers, right? And like going right. into a Whole Foods and I know you're, you know, you're, you're working to get into Whole Foods now. We talked about that offline before, right? but it's really cool because you're going in areas where a lot of other entrepreneurs don't go, which is food service. Sure. And there's um, less competition. There's uh, there's not as many brands. And I think you get a lot of great brand exposure, right? By going to Google and better marketing for your product. So as we move forward, you talked, I remember we talked about this uh, last year in 2020, that you're going to be aiming more on the retail side going forward this year. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about that. Sure. So as we all know, in 2020, the world changed. And that also included the shutdowns of all these offices. And since my bread and butter was supplying businesses who now can largely operate um, remotely, so we're talking about the Googles, the Facebook, the Twitters of the world, it's forced me to think about um, channel diversity because I was so heavy into this, into this channel. And it was a great one while it lasted because you get massive volume, you get to keep all the margin, there's no marketing that you need to do. And you're maybe one of two granolas in an office and you usually stick there for a long time as long as the employees like your product. Now, prior to COVID, I was starting to do a little bit of a shift into retail. I've been dipping my toes into it because I really want to understand my data. So number one, what's my sell through? Number two, what are my top SKUs? And just sort of what the marketing mix is um, to get to the levels that I need to be at. So and when I say last year, that's actually 2019. But this is 2019 is when I started to dip my toe into retail and got into about 50 stores figured out really quickly, Hey, I might've, you know, I might need to think about renaming or optimizing my packaging, renaming my flavors to better position myself to sell on the shelf without doing demos. And I really took that as an opportunity to get rapid feedback versus trying to jump into the deep end of the pool, learn, but then you get tons of charges because you need to change things along the way. But as I think about this year, um, I'm still taking a, a pretty regional channel specific approach. So given that I'm a higher price, more premium superfood granola, I'm going to be tackling the natural specialty market, um, primarily in California and up to the Pacific Northwest. And this is primarily anchored around a lot of that food service market that I've had my 
product in, in these tech offices for many years. So Northern California is my largest channel by far, but then there's so many tech offices that I was in for many years up in Seattle and Portland. And so that seems like a natural fit to have my retail follow that. And then Southern California, I have a large, um, a larger direct to consumer presence down there and as and same with food service. And then the, yeah, you just talked about, you know, at the very end of that, um, about direct to consumer, right. And aiming more for that. I think, you know, as you know, that with this being posted on LinkedIn, people are, um, adjusting and pivoting on where they sell their product, right. Where retail, which is still great right now, um, there's less foot traffic, people are ordering more online. So how, what are you doing and what's your, what's your, your advice to entrepreneurs on you're traditionally in food service, traditionally in offices like Google and Silicon Valley, you know, um, and now you're getting into retail. How are you going to, how are you really going to pump volume online? Like what is a strategy that you're going to be doing this year? I figure since you're in Silicon Valley, you probably know more about this, right? I'm just making stereotypes here. Yeah, you're, you know, a web geek, right? That you're going to know what to do and know how to get it on the web and get people to buy it. So tell us more, you Silicon Valley genius about how you're going to get it online and get people to buy more of it. I'm smirking here because I am an athlete. Don't you forget. So I'm trying to like unclaim the geekiness. Um, there, there are, there so are geeky athletes the, too. There, there are, there's plenty yeah, of those. For, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a spectrum. Um, so, uh, with direct to consumer, first of all, I think my product lends well to uh, subscription and it's light, it's shelf stable. It's a product that people eat every single day, ritual, ritualistically. Um, but I think traditionally when people think of food and beverage and direct to consumer and selling directly on your site, it can be challenging because, generally your cart value, your AOV is just not going to be as high as an apparel company or, you know, a supplement company or a beauty brand. And you're, you're competing for the same media spend. So at the end of the day, I think it's all about unit economics. So what's your lifetime customer value? And then can you, you know, acquire customers within a threshold that's healthy for you and, you know, what your philosophy is around growing your business growth over profitability. Um, so over the next quarter, I'm going to be restructuring my site to push more around subscription, really making sure that my funnels are super strong in Clavio for email marketing and trying to figure out that ideal first time customer offer that is sexy enough for people to convert on an ad, but not so sexy where they want to like cancel from a, a subscription right away. Cause they just wanted a freebie. Um, so I'll be testing some paid acquisition through Facebook in particular and just seeing what the data tells us. Right. So maybe get a couple hundred customers, track them over time, see what their lifetime value and behavior is. And if that balances with the CAC, the cost per acquisition, then let's put some oil on the fire. Wow. Yeah. You, you are an athlete and also really smart at this D to C stuff, I got to say. So you have the best of both worlds here because um, <laughs> you, you threw out a lot of really good things here about customer acquisition cost, customer value, um, uh, repeat purchases, right? Coming back a second time and a third time to buy uh, buy product. And the one, the key word you said is subscription. I think like mm -hmm. people are not going out as much and they want it delivered to their home. And granola is something, like you said, ritualistically is every day or every other day, hopefully every day, every morning or every afternoon that you have it. Um, that's something we're working on too is subscriptions, right? Cause that's where, you know, you get a discount on there 
and also more bulk, right? Like we've learned mm -hmm. that we can do larger bulk, a 12 pack or an 18 pack instead of a six pack, mm -hmm. get people to do larger quantities on subscription to last them for half, half a month or a month. The margins and the profit will be better per unit when it's larger amounts being shipped to that customer. Mm -hmm. So um, really cool stuff. I think, yeah, subscription is the way to go. Um, so what are any, what are some other strategy? I guess the, the other thing I want to cover is you've been really bootstrapping it, which is mm -hmm. really impressive. Um, you know, you have been able to go for seven years, have consistent revenue and, and rising revenue year over year by literally just taking your margins and your profit and reinvesting it into the company. You have not raised a lot of money, right? With this con is, it, is it all self-funded at this point? Yeah, I got an SBA loan from coronavirus for the emergency disaster loan, but food service has enabled me to grow the business within my own cash flow. So I maybe started the business with twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, broke even, supplying Google on the side of my tech job because there was always margin in there and you're not really using that to reinvest into that channel. And then I've been able to grow it. So I'm really proud of that, but I would say that in a way, 2020s really kind of even the playing field a bit because all of that is essentially gone. So that's where I have to find this balance between knowing that retail probably won't be profitable right away. You have to invest to get your product on and off the shelf. Um, but then direct to consumer, you can definitely invest to grow, but to what extent do I need to be profitable? When do I need to see that payback, if at all? Or does it make sense to just grow, you know, achieve kind of break even, but then, you know, get other sources of financing or raise money to accelerate that. So I'd say I've constantly been in this more conservative approach mindset, and I'm going to need to kind of figure out my next step around, you know, my tolerance for being a little bit more aggressive and spending a little bit more money. Um, but COVID has definitely changed the game. But prior to that, it's been a lot easier because of food service. It really goes to show you that <clears throat> there's different strategies depending on what product you have and the category or the the um, the industry you want to go after, whether it's retail, whether it's D2C, what, where, where do you want to get your revenue stream from? But I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss this key thing, um, which is you need to be, you need to have margin and you need to eventually break even and be profitable. And more and more companies today are focusing on margins and breaking even and actually having EBITDA and not having to raise as much capital and not having to dilute your shares as much. So you keep the company, you keep the shares, you get to grow your company and also have net profit to um, reinvest back in the company and growth. And that's becoming more common now because of COVID. It, it's, it's been harder to raise money. There's, there's, you know, there's still money out there, but people are were tighter with it. Definitely in 2020, a lot of investors are tighter with it. So having a, a strategy like what you have I think is a great case study to how to really run a company sustainably, lean and mean, get revenue and still be profitable or at least break even. But you're definitely mm -hmm. right. Retail can be a beast. It's more expensive depending on where you go. There's slotting fees, there's chargebacks or scanbacks. It definitely is pay to play just to get in and market your product next to, you know, 50 other granolas, right, that are on the shelf. So you, you know that eyes wide, you're going eyes wide open into this opportunity, mm -hmm. knowing that, which is important. Mm -hmm. So um, next segment we have, because we've covered a lot of amazing things, this is a little bit on the lighter side, is our new segment, our new program called Rapid Fire 
questions. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Is this a surprise to you or did you see any episodes yet where we did this? I listened to Mark's just now. Oh, that's right. You're on. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen it. I uh, he spoiled the surprise. Damn it. No um, yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. We have usually to explain what she just said, we have a few guests in a row when we do the taping and usually the guest that's uh, like we had Mark Samuel with I want organics. Uh, Erica was on deck to come in next as a guest. And so she got to see the last segment of Mark's. So now she knows, now she knows the, uh, what's going on. Okay, so list of questions. You already know what, what the questions are, but pretend like you don't. Sounds in, good. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? NSYNC. Thank you. That's very quick. No hesitation, unlike Mark. <laughs> I know. He had to think way too hard about that. He did. You know? First thing you do when you wake up? I check my phone. Yep. Usually when people say that on this, on this uh, show, they go, unfortunately, I check my phone. Yeah. Movie you can watch an unlimited amount of times. Um, Hangover or 21 Jump Street. Great. Yeah, Johnny Depp and Bradley Cooper. Song you can listen to an unlimited amount of times. Um, why am I thinking about this when I already heard the question? Um, <laughs> the, the Snoop Dogg one, um, you know, the one, two, three into the four. <laughs> that the one, one, nothing but a G thing. Yeah, nothing but a yeah, G thing. Nothing out of a G. I was going to say the one where he raps. I don't, I don't know anything about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, from here, right? A native in LA. Favorite? national park by the way uh, if, you, if you put marijuana or cbd in your granola he will be your investor guaranteed so just something to think about favorite national park i don't have one i'm not a national park person what is your favorite what is your spirit animal a tiger i'm born in the year of the tiger nice chinese when, zodiac yep yeah and this is the yep. year of what is what is this year the, the ox? bull yeah ox, yeah the ox right? yep my, my wife's Chinese, so I'm, yeah, up to oh, date, cool. up to date, I'm trying to be up to date. There's what, only 12, uh, and you just got to do multiples of 12. Exactly. You know enough people, yeah. Window seat or aisle seat on an airplane? Uh, uh, window. Peanut like butter, peanut butter or almond butter? Uh, either, 50-50. Okay, peanut butter is in one of your flavors, right, I believe? Oh, yeah, it'll be launched by then, yes. Okay, Actually, cool. it's pre-order pre already, so. Okay, cool, No cool. spoiler. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No spy. We could always, we can always uh, cut no, that out, but we won't. We're going to, we're going to load it right in. Cold weather or hot weather? Hot weather. Cold brew or hot coffee? Neither. I don't drink coffee. Me neither. Hell yeah. To no caffeine. Green tea. Green, Green tea well, and no. matcha. Green tea. Yeah. Has, matcha. Yeah. It's caffeine, but clean caffeine. No, no jitters. No, no, right. no crash. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I'm not much of a sports fan ironically but i thought you're an athlete i know but see i'm breaking the mold i like the olympics but i don't know i guess michael jordan just because he's just such an icon and i don't know my brother liked the bulls there you go you're just like yeah by default mj you're like yeah. the most unexcited you know as far as ch as picking michael jordan the most unexcited choice you're like jordan, <laughs> i guess you know all right they're so both okay they're just both they just they're just okay yeah, yeah. ginger or turmeric both together. Uh, I would do a ginger shot. I know turmeric's more expensive. So I feel like if someone's going to offer me a juice of a, a glass of ginger, a glass of fresh pressed turmeric, I'd probably go for turmeric for the value. Right on. Favorite food or drink? You were stuck on a dessert island. You cannot say Genius Juice, and you cannot say your brand, Ragnola. 
I guess like not nuts, almonds. I'm just thinking, I'm really thinking of like sustainability, not about indulgence. Got it. That's really, that's very uh, eco-conscious of you on, on an island. <laughs> thinking about sustainability. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right. So that is our rapid fire questions with Erica Lou Williams. She is the founder of Great Nola. So uh, this is episode 35. Thank you again, Erica, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thanks for being patient too, you know, because I know we were supposed to tape this last year and then uh, things got oh, pushed, no worries. pushed back a little bit. So uh, glad that no you're problem. able to, to join us. Okay. So episode 35 in the books, 15 minutes of genius. It's our first, I think it's our first athlete slash entrepreneur that's been on our show. So that's pretty big. So big plug, Mark Nicholas. This way, this way. No, it's this way. 15 Minutes of Genius, uh, episode 35 in the books. And uh, one more thing. Stay geniusly granola, my friends. Genius for life. Coconut smoothies coming at you.